Devin today. I said, Devin, are you in the woods hunting? He said, no, ma'am. I said, are you at home? He said, no, ma'am. He said, I said, where are you? He said, in the TV department. I said, perfect. So uh, you'll be glad um, about what we're going to do. You know me, and or Dave's trying to take after me and take all my stunts. And y'all seen him lately? What's with that? Sheesh. Anyway, anyway, the title of my message tonight is Public Enemy Number One. And let's see if you can figure it out what it is before the night's over. You know, and, and when I started out, I thought, you know what, we really have a wonderful life. About ten people agree. But we really, 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 really have a wonderful life. And if you go through every day, night and day, day in and day out, sour-pussed and sad and down, you ain't getting it right. There's something wrong. If you're always grumbling and you're always complaining and you're always sad and you're always depressed and you're always upset and you're always mad and you're always fussing and you're always whatever, something's not right. There's something not right if that's the way you are. So we're gonna, we might get into some of that tonight. So turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 in the Living Bible. Now, I'm not just going to stick with the King James Bible tonight, so you might just want to look at the screen. You don't even have to turn. You know me. I, I, I'm not so just a stickler on, you know. We got Mr. Word around here most of the time, so we may do things a little bit different tonight. Okay? So y'all just relax and shake it off just a little bit, you know? And we'll let him come back in here and be line upon line, okay? All right. And he's probably going to be watching, so I don't get too scared anyway, you know. But anyway, the Living Bible. It says, These troubles and sufferings of ours, after all, quite small. Say that with me. Quite small. And won't last, wait, they last your whole life. Won't last very long. Yet, this short time of distress will result in God's richest blessing upon us for five seconds. Forever and ever. Now read that with me. The first part. These troubles that I've been having and these sufferings that I've been putting up with after all, all, have been quite small, small. and they ain't going to last very long. Now, do you believe that? I believe that. Okay. Now, look at 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 8. And you'll find out real quickly, I'm not going to give you a lot of scriptures tonight, so just hang on for just a second. This is King James, guys. It says, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Now the Amplified says, but if we have food and clothing with these things, we shall be content or satisfied. Now Hebrews 13.5 says almost the same thing, but I want to spell it out for you just a little bit. 
It says, Hebrews 13, 5, King James, Let your conversation be without covetous, and be content with such things as you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now let me explain that to you in blonde hair Phyllis terms. Okay? Quit griping and complaining all the time. Quit trying to find something to fuss about. Be content every once in a while. The grass ain't greener on the other side of the pasture. And you don't know what stuff I've had to put up with today. And you don't know that my life has less problems or less troubles than your life has. And you don't know that their life has less problems and troubles than your life has. And you don't know that she has to work less hard than you do. And you don't know that they don't have to put up with less mess than you do. Why do people do that? Why do people think nobody has to deal with what i got to deal with? And nobody's boss is like my boss. Well, I know nobody's like me because I'm sweet to everybody that works for me. I mean, but anyway, right? Uh Uh-huh. Wise people. I mean, they know who signs the check. Well, let me clear something up right here. I'm going to meddle a little bit tonight, okay? I'm just going to meddle. I'm going to clear this up once and for all, and I would like to be on every tape that ever leaves this ministry again. I don't run this ministry in this church. Susan is laughing her head off because she knows it. I'm surprised Dave is not laughing his head off. Karen, do I run things around here? Tara, do I run things around here? Any other staff around here? Shara, do I run things around here? Let's clear things up once and for all. There is a man with a white beard (laughs) and black hair that's getting white in it that hears from God. And we do what he says after he hears from God. I mean, we don't get our own way around here not because... Somebody's trying to get their own way. It's because somebody's trying to hear from God and then people are trying to follow who's hearing from God. And there seems to be some confusion about that. I don't run my house, much less this ministry. And if people think that you do, they need to get up on the other side of the bed. I mean, people are confused when they see other people's lives. The reason that you see me be confident is because my husband has given me that place to be confident. Now, why would he give me that place to be confident? What would give him, um, let's see the word I'm looking for, the confidence 
to give me that place to be confident. See? Outsmarted you. Because you prove yourself. Time after time after time after time, you do what they say do. Well, it gets to be confusing to people. When somebody wants something done, okay, say you're, uh, these guys help us clean all the time, okay? And they do a tremendous job, okay? If we told them to do something and they just went and did just the opposite of what you told them to do, would you have more confidence in them or less confidence in them? Now, let me ask you a question. When you see them doing that, do you think they never have anything else going that they could have been doing when they come to clean? That they had to quit doing anything in order to be here during that time? Hmm? In order to serve during that time. Now, how many children do you guys have? Four children. Do you think they ever have any other demands other than being responsible for doing that? And uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, you have jobs, right? And four children, right? Now there's things that require their attention. The grass isn't greener on the other side and they don't have more requiring of them than you have requiring of you or you have requiring of you. It's just what they have chosen to do. Now, they can grumble and they can gripe and they can whine. Or they can put on the face that everything's good. You have choices to make everything that you do. Now... You don't say, I'm, I'm going to pick on people. You know me. I always call everybody out. You might as well not come when I'm speaking because I may call you out. <laughs> you know how it goes. Look at Shireen looking at me. <laughs> Shireen's been without her husband. How long now, Shireen? Um, 13, months. Thirteen months. How many of you in here can raise your hand and say she cried and complained to you? I'm looking. I don't see one hand. Do you reckon she missed him sometime? Do you reckon she felt bad one day and just wanted her husband to hold her? Do you reckon that she just wanted to talk to him? Do you reckon that there was an issue on his job or work that she had to deal with that she would have much rather that he dealt with? Is the grass greener on her side of the field than it is on your side of the field? Why does the devil paint that picture to us? Now she comes in here looking all pretty, doesn't she? And smiley. You wouldn't know it by looking at her. Why does she do that? It's her choice. 
She makes a choice to do that. It's a choice. It's what she's chosen to do. We have choices every day of our life. What we're going to choose to do. Are we going to grumble about our circumstances or are we going to overcome them? Yeah, everybody, you know, one day we were dealing with some things there and I think every day down there one of us has come in and it's not been our best day. And so one day Keith says, well, you know, what do you do? Did you, did you say anything? I said, no, because I don't want them saying anything to me if I come in that day, the next day that way. I said, you know, when you're working 20 hours a day and you're tired, one of you might come in in not so good of a mood the next day. You know? So you just kind of overlook it that day. But it doesn't go on for more than a day. Or it may be even an hour. An hour maximum. And then we got a smile on our face. And we're working. And we're ministering to people. We don't carry this around for hour after hour after hour after hour after day after day after week after week after month after month after year after year after. We ain't got time. We got people that are going to hell. And we got to hear them say to us, you're always happy. Well, do you reckon any one of us have got things going that could get us upset? I mean, on any given day, I bet you couldn't guess how many texts or emails that we have to answer or phone calls or troubles we have to, fires we have to put out besides building that church. But you have to make a choice. You have to decide. I mean, I could sit there and cry too. I want my husband. This ain't fair. Why does he have to be in California and I have to be in Florida? We can't even meet in Branson. This gets old week after week after week. I get tired of it. I don't care about these people. What have they done for me? All they do is grumble, 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 whine and complain. What are they doing for me? Right? But that ain't what I'm called to do. That's not who I am. There's things that I have to do. There's things I want to do. There's things I'm supposed to do. And it would be terrible. I mean, we got in, what, 10 o'clock last night? I mean, it's, been, it, we, it's not stopping. We, me time? What is that? I better get back to my notes. You know what? Turn with me, if you would, to uh, Galatians. Don't even turn. You won't have this Bible anyway, so. It's one you don't got. No, put it on the screen, if you would. Galatians 5-7 in the Message Bible. It 
says, you are running superbly. Who cut in on you, deflecting you from the true course of obedience? This detour doesn't come from the one who called you into the race in the first place. Please don't toss this off as insignificant. It only takes a minute amount of yeast, you know, to permeate an entire loaf of bread. Deep down, I like this sentence, the master has given me confidence that you will not defect. But the one who is upsetting you, whoever he is, will bear the divine judgment. So my question is, when and where did we get off in the past? And do we even know? When we got saved, we were fired up and we weren't grumbling and we weren't complaining. But when things didn't quite continue to go the way that we thought they ought to go, we found a way to start grumbling and complaining. Because things didn't quite go the way we thought they ought to go. I got an answer for you. Are you ready for it? Roll it, Devin. There 
taxi, woman driver. question. Who got the coyote in trouble all the time? The coyote. Who got Sylvester in trouble all the time? Who got Cruella DeVille in trouble all the time? Who gets you in trouble all the time? Huh? Public enemy number one is our own flesh. Our own self has been in the past. I'm not going to confess it for the future. But has been in the past. When Sylvester went across that tree branch, he blamed it on Tweety cutting the branch down. But was it Tweety's fault? And Cruella blamed it on all those guys driving bad. But was it their fault? Should she have been running away with puppies in the back of her truck to start with? I mean, one coat wasn't enough. She had to have 6,000 of them. I mean, should she have even been trying to get more coats? I mean, and the coyote. His life was obsessed with getting something he shouldn't have. Right? Yes. I mean, he, he became obsessed with it. He spent every waking moment obsessed with what? And spending all of his money and sending it to the Acme Company. Yes. Right? What about your life? What's going on? And I guess what I did? I got it exactly right from Keith. Brother Hagen said, You ready? Many are seeking the spectacular and missing the supernatural. What did he mean by that? He said it almost every service that we were in. For 20-something years. Many are seeking the spectacular and missing the supernatural. 
They want instant pudding. They want their lives to be from here to here today. They want to be totally, completely going from uh, living in an apartment to living in a $6 million house. They want their marriage to be from, uh, they can't stay in the same house together, to being perfect overnight. They want their kids to be from being totally rebellious to being the perfect child overnight. They miss the in-between parts where God's working things out in their life and showing them how to plan things and showing them how to do things and giving them jobs and giving them things and giving them answers and, and leading them down the right path. They're missing the supernatural things that happen in their lives every single day that's taking them up steps and taking them up steps and taking them up steps. They're missing the supernatural things. So what they do is they try to avoid all the right things that God has put in their plan, the plan that He has for their life, and get the roadrunner. They don't want the regular food God's given them. They want the roadrunner. They don't want, Sylvester doesn't want the cat food. He wants the Tweety Bird. And he's going to do whatever it takes to get it. If he gets killed... If he gets out of the will of God, if he gets his hide burned, whatever. Doesn't matter. That's what I want. And I want it when? Now. And we destroy, and in the past, have destroyed our own lives being unwilling to do what it takes today to get what we need for tomorrow. If you plant a stalk of corn, do you have a corn stalk tomorrow? Does it take a little bit of time for that corn stalk to grow? And are there things that you in the natural have to do to make that corn stalk grow? Can you just put that seed in the ground and say, okay, grow? What if it doesn't get any water? What if it needs fertilizer? What if there's a bunch of weeds that's growing around it? Well, you don't like having to go out there and water that thing, and you don't like having to hoe around that thing. I've had to work a garden. When I married Keith, I never had to do it before, but that's part of being married. There's things you have to do that you don't like. And guess what? You still have to be married. You don't get to choose, I want a divorce. Jeez. Don't get me on my soapbox. But anyway, corn, you, you, you plant it and it doesn't grow overnight. But people, we have gotten so impatient with things. We've gotten, we've gotten to where we want it now and we throw everything that God has done for us away and all the good that he's done for us and we grumble constantly or have in the past. Again, I'm not confessing over to anybody's future. We grumble that we don't have this now. And we grumble that we can't be there now. And we grumble that we can't have this and do this now. Instead of being content with what we have. How many of you are living better today than you were 20 years ago? 
That's most of the hands in the room. How many of you got up this morning and thanked God for that? A fourth of the people in the room. We have to look at where we are and thank God for the supernatural things that He's bringing across our paths every day. There's a lot of people in the world today that don't have jobs. There's a lot of people in the world today that are divorced. There's a lot of people in the world today that have lost their children. We should be content with what we have. We should be thankful that we have a husband. We should be thankful that we have a wife. We should be thankful that we have a child that's in its right mind. Instead of destroying our own flesh, going after things that we shouldn't have to begin with or or grumbling and complaining about things that are not helping us. Look at this scripture right here. This will help you. Galatians 5.14 in the Message Bible. For everything we know about God's Word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others... Oh, no, this is Dave's stuff. I better get out of there. (laughs) As you love yourself, that's an act of true freedom. But if you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be alienating each other. And where uh, will your precious freedom be then? My counsel is this. Live freely animated, we just saw animation, and motivated by God's Spirit. Then you won't, what's the next word? Look at the screen. Say that word with me. Then you won't what? Feed the compulsions of selfishness. For there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is is at odds with a free spirit. Just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. These two ways of life are... Oh, what's the... And a, wait, 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 wait a minute. What's, somebody say that word. I've heard it six different ways. That word right there. But it means opposing is what it means, each other. Diametrically opposing. I did look it up, but I still, yeah, that word. So you cannot live at times one way and at other times um, another way according to how you feel on that given day. You can't wake up each day and live according to your feelings. We are not ruled by feelings. We're ruled by the Spirit. The world is ruled by feelings. We are supposed to be ruled by the Spirit that lives inside of us. And when we wake up in the mornings and our feelings are screaming and telling us, you're going to do this and you're going to have this and you're going to be selfish, what should you tell it? His favorite commercial that he sees on TV is that little boy that's sitting in that high chair and he says everybody wants money and the little boy goes, no. Because he's so cute. The little boy is so cute. But that's what you should be telling your flesh. No. We're not ruled by feelings like the world is. Our feelings should not dominate us and tell us what we should do and shouldn't do. 
and tell us how we should treat other people. Look at the cartoon characters. Their whole lives were dominated by what? Their desires and their feelings. And if it killed them, they were going to have it. And I'm sorry to tell you, but a lot of people's lives are exactly that same way. If it kills them, they are going to have it. They'll ruin their marriages. They'll quit their jobs. They'll, uh, whatever, steal, kill, whatever. But they're going to have it. And they don't care who they upset to get it. We are not that way. We're not supposed to be ruled by our feelings. We're supposed to be ruled by the greater one that lives inside of us. We're not supposed to, just because we're mad, go into some rage fit and let somebody have it. Well, they ought to know how I feel. Should they? Should you even have those feelings? Well, let's find out. Galatians 5, 19 in the Message Bible. This is really going to help you and bless you. Now I want you to listen to it. Everybody read it off the screen with me. It's very important. This isn't my words. This is the B-I-B-L-E. Yeah, that's the book for me. (laughs) Right? Okay. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way. Okay, you want to see? What kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way, right? Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, verse 20, trinket gods, magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an importance to be loved or to love or to be loved, divided homes, divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits. Verse 21. The vicious habit of depersonalize everybody into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Ugly, ugly parodies of community. I could go on, but this is not the first time I've warned you. You know it. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. Now I've got a question for you. When you are doing verse, let's see, 19, accumulating emotional garbage, grabbing for happiness, Cheap, stinking sex, repetitive tempers, all those things. Are you really free? Are you free? 
when you're compulsively doing what your selfish desires want to do? Are you really free? When you're doing everything your flesh wants to do and its demands, are you really free? No. Your flesh is controlling you. And it's demanding that you do it this way. And you do it now. You got to have that Coke. You got to have that coffee. You got to have this money. You got to go shopping now. You got to have sex with this one. You got to tell them off. Your house has got to be this clean. Your kids have got to play these many games and they've got to win them. Who's, who's controlling? Who's free? The devil controlling or your what? God did not intend us to be controlled by anything or anyone but him. And you know, you can make an idol out of your flesh. Doing what it wants you to do all the time. Giving into it. This is what I do when I get off. I go home, I get my TV, I get my drink, I get my supper, and I sit with a TV tray. Well, what if God wants you to do something else? I don't care. That's what I do. Who's controlling who? The greatest joy in your life is when you see people that you know were going to hell. The greatest joy in your life is when you know that somebody was going to burn for eternity and you have a place to be able to share. It could take you. The thing is, we've gotten too much like the others with getting people saved like we do with everything in our lives. We don't have time to witness to them for a year and a half. Either they get saved today or forget them. We've been ministering to some of those people down there now for almost two years. And some of them are just now beginning to go, mm, mm, mm. What do you mean ministering to them? Just loving on them. Y'all need a drink? Dave used to be the only one that drank Mountain Dews. He used to could keep them. I guarantee you now every day he's having to go buy Mountain Dews. Almost every day? Is that right? He's given so many Mountain Dews away that everybody loves Mountain Dews. It is the truth. I'm telling you the truth. We have to buy them by the I don't know how many's. But if it takes 16,000 Mountain Dews and you stand in there and talking to them and they're getting saved, so be it. So be it. And if you've got to buy your co-workers lunch every single day for five years... That's why you're prosperous. Not so you can have a new car. So you can buy their lunch and get them saved. 
Brother Hagin used to tell this all the time. He said, people pray, and they'd say, now I'll get it. If I get it wrong, understand that I always get jokes and things like that wrong. So, because I don't pay them that much attention. But I think this is how he said it. Somebody that knows it, help me with it. Um, Lord, this person is praying. Bless me and my son Jimmy, us four, and no more. In other words, they were the only ones that they cared about. True, genuine selfishness. Nobody else needed it but them. And if that's all you care about, and that's all you're focused on is you and what goes on inside your house, you, your husband, your kids, you're not making any difference in your life, and you are not free. You can pretend you're free. You can wish to be free. You can hope that you're free. But you're bound as the man in the tomb that was bound with Lazarus with loincloths all around him. You're bound. Because you'll never be free until you give your life for somebody else. That's true freedom. It's true joy. And it's just something comes out from the inside of you when you see their eyes light up and you see them changing and when you see this with different people at different places in their lives and you see them say you know we've been watching it and our lives are changing and our bills are getting paid and you know what our daughter is is doing better and she's not she's not doing drugs anymore and and this is happening and this is happening and and we can't wait for the church to start you just want to just you know you you want to run you want to shout you want to cry you don't know which one you want to do because what, what did the $50 mean to you? It meant nothing. But what means something is when you give your life for somebody else. I mean, I'm going to tell a couple of things that, you know, you know, I'm doing it again. But anyway, over the last little bit, there's been issues in probably all of our families that's been there. Severe issues. In all of our families that's been there. And I remember one day, Dave walked up to Keith and he said, You know what? I remember one time you said, Brother Keith, that the Lord told you you had was dealing with something. And the Lord told you, If you'll take care of mine, I'll take care of yours. And I'm just going to leave it in the Lord's hands. And you know what? We did. God did. Worked it out. Worked it out. Every one of us just worked it out. Worked it out, worked it out, worked it out. But what's happening is when people are bound and they're trying to take care of their own stuff and they're trying with all their might to fix it and they're trying to think night and day, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix my bills, fix my kids, fix my family, fix my brother, fix my sister, fix my mom, fix my dad. i got to fix it before I can serve God. It ain't never going to be fixed. The only way that it will be fixed is by serving God. That's his plan. That's his way. You sow and you do what? You reap. You give to God and he will take care of your stuff. You seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be fixed for you. That's what makes us different than the world. 
That's how we can be different than the world. That's how our lives can be changed. It's not just coming in here and sitting here and hearing what people have to say. It's what you do when you go out of here that makes all the difference in the world. I have seen Dan and Rob are different people. Now, Dave, I wonder about, but, you know, you've seen it for yourself, him up here speaking, right? They are different people. Shireen, is Dan different? Different. Is Rob different? Different. Different people. Ministering to people because you're giving all the time. You're just giving all the time. And you don't have time to think about you. There's no time for it. And when you forget about you, God takes care of you. We don't have time for this loveless, cheap sex and stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. How many of you could afford to get rid of some mental and emotional garbage? Well, that developed out of trying to get your own way all the time. Well, now, I didn't say that. Do you see what said that? The B-I-B-L-E said mental and emotional garbage comes from trying to get your own way all the time. And when you quit trying to do that, then you don't have all that mental and emotional garbage. You know why? Because you ain't thinking about you. There's no mental and emotional garbage to have. You don't have time to think about you. I'm going to give you some quotes that Dad said. I think you'll enjoy them. Um, in the beginning of this, I said something about, you know, the more you know, the less you see you know, and how that parents know more than kids do. But it's the most amazing thing how they don't listen. Kids won't listen. Spiritual kids are natural kids a lot of times, won't listen. And so Dad would say these things. And I didn't say them, he said them. So don't... He was my spiritual father, and I respect him dearly, and I like what he said. So, here you go. He'd say, when somebody would do something stupid, he'd say, that's just ignorance gone to seed. Y'all ever heard him say that? And then he'd say, somebody would be preaching or saying something, and he'd walk away, and he'd, he'd look at me, and he'd say, rather hear a donkey bring at midnight in a tin barn. <laughs> You ever heard him say that? He said it. Then the student would come up. They'd try to quote him. Now, that was his least favorite thing of all, is somebody that did not know him and try to say what he said. Somebody that had never really been around him and quote him on stuff. And uh, he'd say, you know, where did they get that stuff from? They didn't get it from me. Then he'd say, you buy them books and buy them books and still can't learn them nothing. <laughs> then he'd say, when they really wouldn't listen, like we've had some people that wouldn't listen, 
He said, um, they've got one eye and half sense. You ever heard him say that? Yeah. He used to say it all the time. Well, we're not going to be these people. I'm not going to be any one of these people. I'm not going to be negligent of hearing the word and not putting it to practice in my life. What happens so many times is if the devil can't get you to yield and do what your flesh wants you to do all the time, then he tries to get you in the ditch on the other side and get you too religious. And make you more religious than everybody else. And you, and you know more than everybody else. And you won't listen to anybody else because you're more, you know more of the Bible than anybody else. And boy, that used to just, Brother Hagin would just go. <laughs> and he would. He'd just do that. Because he knew they were about to head down the wrong path. And people like that will not listen. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be to where when somebody tells me, you know what, flesh is mean. And it doesn't like to listen to anybody. Do you think that Cruella DeVille was ready to hear anybody? Do you think Sylvester would have listened to anybody about getting Tweety? I don't think so. And the coyote. How many times do you think people tried to tell him not to try to go after Roadrunner? Do you think any one of them would have listened to anybody? It's not going to happen. But I know for a fact the way God is. And I know that God puts people in our lives to help lead us down the right paths and direct us and nudge us and get us going in the right direction. And he'll keep loving on us. And he'll keep saying, "Mm, that ain't quite right. Mm, That ain't quite right. Uh, We should do this. But if we're smarter than they are, we're going to keep getting eaten by the dogs, burned up by rockets, falling off cliffs, because we're going to do it our way. We're going to have it our way. And the bad part about it is, all the while that you're trying to do that, you're miserable. And you're being a bad witness for God. And you're not getting anybody saved, and people are still dying and going to hell. And what about you? Would you want somebody to help you to keep you from going to hell? I think I would. I know I would. Even as stubborn as I've been. I mean, and if I can change from being stubborn, I got news for you. You can. There's hope for you. It's easy. Let me give you some good news, though. Ha ha, it comes right after this. Have y'all ever read this before? It's in the Bible. Galatians 5.22. What about God's way, though? The Message Bible says, But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives. 
much the same way as fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life. Now, I think most of this room could use a little bit of that. (laughs) Yeah. Serenity. That means peacefulness. We develop a willingness to stick with things. A sense of compassion in the heart. A conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments. Now there is the thing that defines us, that verse, as Christians. Why aren't we living that verse? Well, you have to go back to the other verse. Because we've been too committed to our selfish ways. And he's explaining to us, if we do it God's way, then this is what happens to it. But if we do it the selfish way, then we want... Let's see what we want. We want... um, Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, stinking, accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzy, joyless grabs of happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, loneliness, competition. That more sounds like what we have. Brutal tempers, divided homes, divided lives, small-mindedness. That more sounds like what the church has been in the past. But I sure like the sounds of this one better. Affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity, a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, a conviction that a basic holiness permeates people and things, involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way of life able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindless responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off. It's crucified. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our head or a sentiment in our hearts, but we work it out in implications in every detail of our lives. That means that we don't compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better or worse than another. Uh, We have far more interesting things to do with our life, each one of us, is an original. We can't compare. You don't know what they've got and what they don't have and what they're going through and what they haven't been through and what they have been through. But we can do what God tells us to do. And we can have the peace and the serenity and the joy and the exuberance for life again. And we can wake up in the mornings and be excited about serving God. And we can have our peace back and our joy back and quit being so sad and grumpy all the time. Because I tell you what, it's, it's a sign. When you're that way, it's like you put a big sign on your forehead. I am selfish. 
That's what it says. So when you're not smiling and you're not happy, we're, you're, you're telling off on yourself. We just are going to know. You might as well have to put your big sign, you know, that, the redneck sign. You might as well wear it. Here's your sign. I am selfish. When you're sad and grumpy and depressed. I am selfish. Or you've got a brutal temper. Or you're having crazy, wild things happening in your life. You might as well wear that sign. Somebody, we should make some signs. I know, hand them out at the door. Somebody comes in grumpy, put them over them like they wear those poster board signs. There's your sign. Everybody in the church be coming in wearing these signs. I am selfish. Oh, they're selfish today. No, we don't want those signs. We need the ones that say, I am spirit-led. I'm spirit-strong. Because that's who we are. We are not moved by our feelings. We're not stupid as a Tweety bird and a cat and a coyote and Cruella de Vil. We're smarter than that. We're wiser than those. We have the spirit living inside us. And the way that you build yourself up is what Jude says. You build yourself up by praying in the Holy Spirit. Then you're not so tempted to yield to that flesh. You overcome that flesh by the Spirit. And it's not so teetering right on the edge all the time. We can do this, right? Okay. Proverbs 27:20. Just a couple of things and then we'll be done. Then y'all can take off your signs. This is the NIV. Death and destruction are never satisfied. Neither are the eyes of man. So even if your flesh is screaming every day and people gave you everything that you wanted and they did everything that you wanted, you know what? You're still not going to be satisfied. It's never going to happen. Because the Bible says so. Not because I said so. The Bible says so. The Living Bible says, the New Living, says, Just as death and destruction are never never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. So we can give you everything you want, that you have your flesh way, and you'll never be satisfied. So why would we start? You know what I have found? You know what, I I can't talk about you. I don't know you as well as I do me. I know that when I don't feel good, I don't want to do things. I don't know about you. But when you work all the long hours that we've been working and when you you, uh, are just have a birthday and you turn 26 years old, then, you know, you... um, (laughs) Plus. Anyway... You don't really want to get up and run after you've worked that many hours and do these things. So you kind of let some things slide. And then when you let that slide, then you feel achy. Then you don't feel like running. Then you feel run down. Then you feel draggy. Then you feel this. Then you feel that. And all these things begin to happen. And the more you do it, it's kind of like your house. Sometimes if you let one thing pile up, then another 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 thing pile up, 
It's like, just forget it. Or the scale, even. It's like, you eat a little much, and you'll get on the scale for the first two pounds, or three, or four, or five, but then after five, you just stay away from the scale. But no, slap the devil in the face and get up and do the very thing that makes that flesh scream. Do it. I mean, I know, you know, I've done stupid things and I hurt my knee and I hurt my back and my back was screaming and we've been working and doing things, you know, and and I didn't want to run. I didn't want to run. I didn't want to run. I told the guys, I said, I am running. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I got up and I ran five or six miles the other morning. I said, I don't care what it does. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it every day. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. But you know what? You feel better after you do it. You feel better after you put your flesh under. And the devil don't want you to know that. He does not want you to know that every step that you take at putting your flesh under, hmm, you get you you raise your shoulders up a little bit, and then you do it a little bit more, and you raise your shoulders shoulders up a little bit more. And the more you put that flesh under, the more you start getting this little thing that happens in the corners of your mouth. <laughs> that thing that Dave starts talking about, you know, where these things inside of here start showing. But it happens when you get your confidence back. And the devil knows if you start putting your flesh under, you're going to have your confidence back and you're going to have your joy back and you're going to have your life back. And he don't want you to have that because he knows if he can keep you down and defeated all the days of your life, then he ain't got a person to worry about. Because if you're down and defeated, you ain't going to be a witness to nobody. He don't have to worry about you another day. So do the Nike ad. Just do it. Get up off your bed. Just do it. Whatever it is that he's told you you can't do, just do it. When your flesh wants to scream back at somebody, just say, where's the duct tape? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? If you've got to wear that duct tape for a month, you don't answer anybody back. If you can't say something sweet, like Mama said, don't say nothing at all. Whatever your area is, everybody has an area. Everybody does. Just don't get in the car with Dave when he's driving. Everybody has one. Just get off the road. Everybody has one. Or Dan, either one. Do not ride with Dan. He doesn't know if it's 25 or 100. Don't ride with him. I've ridden with them all. Maybe Rob's the safer one of the three, but, you know. Uh, anyway, um, we'll see. Rob's probably watching. No, you're not either. <laughs> Don't get the big head. I love picking on him. But anyway, you know, do whatever your flesh is telling you not to do. I told the staff one day, I said, you know, do this test on yourself. For one week, do just the opposite of everything that your flesh wants you to do. One week. One week. If you like coffee, don't drink it. If you like water, drink soda. If you like vegetables, eat meat. If you like meat, eat vegetables. Do just the opposite of what your flesh likes. Make it scream. Crucify it. 
If you like getting up an hour early for work, get up five minutes early and just throw your clothes on and walk out the door. I'm serious. Do just the opposite of what your flesh likes for a week. And listen to how loud it screams. If your hair has got to be perfect when you go to work, pull it in a ponytail. I am serious. Make your flesh scream for a week. Do whatever it takes. Put it under. And you'll see how good you feel at the end of that week. If the most important thing to you is doing what you want to do, make that flesh eat it. Be mean to it. That's something you don't do to a Cajun is telling it can't do something. I mean, we'll prove you. I mean, that's why the Saints won the Super Bowl, because everybody told them they couldn't, you know, last year, whatever it was, you know. The only reason they won is because people told them they couldn't. Do it to your flesh. Make it scream. But then listen to this. Psalms 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Your flesh is never satisfied, but your spirit can get the desires of your heart. The Amplified says, Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires and the secret petitions of your heart. But this is my favorite. The Living Bible says, verse 37, chapter 37 in Psalms, verse 8. Stop your anger. Turn off your wrath. Don't fret and worry. It only leads to harm. And the only reason you would do it is why? Because we were, were, say I was, was. selfish. And I only thought of myself then, but today is a new day. That was five minutes ago. That's who I was. But now, I'm a new person. And I, I won't be selfish anymore. And you know what? That thing that she said, if my wife wants me to get up and cook breakfast, I'm going to get up and cook it. I ain't never cooked breakfast in my life, but I'm going to get up and cook her breakfast. If I burn the bacon and the toast and the eggs, so be it, she'll eat them. (laughs) Just because she loves me. And she may say, I've never ironed his shirt in my life, but it may have a starch black spot on the back but I'm going to iron all his clothes this week Jack's shaking his head please don't I can see it out of the corner of my eye do it guys do just the opposite for your spouse of what they expect shock the socks off of them I'm serious your lives will change it will just dramatically change do just the opposite of what the devil expects from you I mean that's his game is he thinks he knows you he thinks he's got you figured he don't have to do anything new he's got your number I mean throw him a curveball throw him off his game surprise him do something new and see how quickly God comes in 
changes your life, gets you on a new path, gets things going for you. Stand up on your feet. Father, we love you, and we thank you for your word. And we thank you that you said in your word that it's good to serve you and you would give us the desires of our heart, Father. We do have desires, and our desires are not selfish desires, Father. They are desires that we see the world saved and living for you, Father, and that we see people no longer hurting and in torment, Father, that we see people that are hungry for you come to you, Father, and that we see your holiness again and we see your spirit moving amongst us again, Father. We are hungry for your spirit to be able to do things among us, Father. And we're not just hungry for selfish things anymore, Father. We're hungry for you, Father. We're hungry to see you do the things that you want to do. We'll quit thinking about ourselves from daylight till dark, Father. We'll quit thinking about everything we want. Me, 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 mine, 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 mine. Oh, what I do. Oh, what I see. Oh, what I want. Oh, God, that's sickening to you, Father. We just thank you that you will show us what to see and what to be and what to do, Father. Thank you for giving us all the things that we need in order to accomplish this, Father. Thank you for quickening us on the inside, Father, because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Greater and stronger are we on the inside than we even know that we are, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your goodness to us and your love and your mercies, Father, that are new every single morning that we will wake up tomorrow morning with your new mercies on us to be able to accomplish this task through you in Jesus' name. And everybody that agreed said, Amen. Amen. Amen.